Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is the 13th of April, 2022. And on today's show, we're going to break down the Nationals getting their first series victory of the year. In a day game, they beat the Braves 3-1, to which secured a two-wins-to-one series win for them, their first series win of the season. What went well in the games they won, what did not go well in the games they lost, and a breakdown of kind of what this series means and what it shows us moving forward. That's coming your way on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Make sure you find us wherever you guys get your podcasts and now on YouTube as well. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Um, I just want to say this first. like, How great is it to have, to have day baseball back? Wednesdays are such a great day baseball day, normally because it's the getaway day, right? So you're getting away for that weekend series, particularly if it's a four-game series. Uh, you know, you'll have some on Wednesday and, and Thursday, but Wednesday feels like it's normally the big, you know, uh, especially early on in the season, the big day for early getaway games. And there's a lot happening right now. Mets and Phillies are playing. Clayton Kershaw is the big thing that everybody is watching right now as he just went uh, eight innings. Uh, yeah, seven or eight innings. I forget what that uh, He went seven innings, seven innings. Yeah. And 13 Ks, 80 pitches and Big decision talked about right now. Dave uh, Roberts pulls him from the game. And, you know, it was great to have that going on. The Nats are going on. So checking on all that stuff as well. It's just great to have baseball back, especially in these day games. And luckily I had a hole in my schedule between the two Sirius XM shows that I worked to enjoy the baseball today. And I was waiting for this moment as well to do kind of a, a weekend recap. It's always tough to do the two games together last night's and today's, especially when the game starts at 1220 in the afternoon Eastern time. And also he had the episode that came out on Monday night about the, uh, about the Lerner family. So I wanted to let that one sit. And now we can just look at the series as a whole. Here's how it went down this past weekend. So the nationals, let's just go in reverse order. The latest game, they beat the Braves three to one that falls on the heels of a 16 to four loss last night, which was preceded by an 11 to two win in the first game of the series on Monday. So an 11 to win, this is in chronological order, chronological order now. 11-2 win, 16-4 loss, 3-2-1 win. This is the Nats. I went back and looked. This is their first series win in Atlanta since the 2019 season. It's the first series win of the year for them. Uh, they've now won three of their last four games. They get to three and four overall after an 0-3 start. So that's positive on that end. Let's start. With today's game, uh, I'm sure a lot of you working today probably couldn't, you know, watch it or listen to it or it caught part of it. But this was a Nationals team today that did some things really well. I thought offense out the shoot was really good. Sustaining it wasn't, you know, wasn't totally there um, offensively. And we'll talk about that in a second. But the pitching is where we have to focus. So Josiah Gray today pitches five innings. He allows one hit, five Ks. Um, was at 82 pitches when he gets pulled at three walks as well. And there is some conversation I saw on Twitter about, hey, 
should Dave, uh, should Dave, uh, Dave Martinez, think about Dave Roberts a second ago, should Dave Martinez leave him in the game or should they pull him? I know the Nats starters haven't had much length so far this season. I like the decision to pull him. He was having to labor a bit more. There were more base runners in those later innings for Josiah Gray. And while overall I've been critical of these starters not even being able to go for very long, he is a case where as a young guy, as a young you know prospect and somebody, and he's not technically a prospect anymore, he's a major league guy, he's been up there now for a bit, but this is somebody they're trying to foster his development, right? So on a, you know, if they had a, a guy, uh, you know, we talk about, um, you know, guys who are younger, Eric Fetty, right? He's, he's up to a point now, or Josh Rogers, guys who have been around for a bit or, you know, guys that are young, but still trying to make their way through whatever. Sure. You, you know, you let them go and things get difficult. They're trying to get this Josiah Gray thing right because they haven't developed pitchers particularly well recently. And they've got a few guys now in the system. They think that are going to be able to end up being strong assets for them. Obviously Josiah Gray is here now. Uh, Joe Ross, somebody, you know, that, that's come along and they, they hope him to be good. But in the younger guys, you've got Cade Cavalli, you've got Jackson Rutledge down the pike as well. And then you got Adon also, who's just 20 to 23 years old. So we've got some young guys. And so you got to take care of those guys and protect them. I know you got to learn in this league, but that's Josiah Gray's problem, you know, and, and this was a really strong outing from him up to that fifth inning. Things got rocky. And I thought Martinez made the right decision to go to the bullpen. Now, Kyle Finnegan gave up a home run, thought he still looked really good, but you have to mention how good the pen was the rest of the way. You know, they're trying to figure out that back part and how bad the pen was last year, but they're off to an awesome start. Sean Doolittle, fantastic, comes in today and throws six pitches, gets a strikeout as well, works a clean inning. Steve Ciszek, six pitches, gets a strikeout, works a clean inning. And Tanner Rainey gives up a hit, but the hit was because it was a ball. Uh, you know, for those of you who didn't see, it was hit between Escobar and Hernandez. And there seemed to just be a miscommunication about who was supposed to get it. But he fell behind in the next at bat against Marcel Osuna and then rallied um, and also got a double play ball to end this game. So really impressed by the way Tanner Rainey battled after an error behind him, was able to block it out fell behind and then worked his way and got save number two for him on the season. So, you know, once again, Finnegan home run, but still I like the way he looked. He just uh, he got tagged with one uh, by Austin Riley, who had a really nice game and he's a really good player. So just got taken deep. It happens. Uh, I'm still confident about his position. And so they had four guys today step up for them after the starter didn't go six. Now, look, you want the starter to go six to be able to give one of those guys a rest and have to use four pen arms every single day, but you like the fact you're seeing these guys and it's a mixture, right? Finnegan is younger-ish in terms of major league experience. Doolittle's been around for a bit, so has, so has Steve Ciszek. And then at the end, Tanner Rainey, who's been around for a decent amount too, but still a guy at 29 years old. You guys have heard me a bunch say this. I feel like, you know, the early 30s for a lot of guys is kind of your pitching prime. So you get a guy in Tanner Rainey who's not quite at that age just yet and it needs to rebuild his confidence. He's in a good spot. Yeah, still 29. I'll turn uh, 20, uh, 30, excuse me, in December, so after the season. So like the way all of those guys looked en route to a 3-1 to one win. Um, on the hitting side of things today, Cesar Hernandez has continued to be solid as in season gets going. A little concern for one, so it looked like he might have got hurt on one swing uh, and it led to a strikeout. We just kind of 
pulled out, pulled his, he kind of pulled his uh, shoulder free. And then you saw his lower leg buckle just a little bit when it happened, able to stay in the game. Josh Bell, fantastic. Michael Franco, we'll get to him in a second. Very good as well. Both those guys have multi-hit games and then the struggles for them are at the back. So let's talk some offense in a second, but first a quick word from today's sponsors. Our show is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to Built.com today. That's Built.com. Check out their line of Built Bars. Built Bars are delicious tasting protein bars that are good for you as well. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that with a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Uh, They've got mint brownie flavors, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Once again, built.com today. It's built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at built.com. All right. So they had that middle game, right, where things did not go well for them offensively. Really, excuse me, pitching-wise. And we'll get to that pitching in a second. But let's go with another positive. The offense has begun to get the wheels moving. Today's performance was not great, but I thought they did a very good job getting to Max Freed in this game. He goes uh, five and a third, seven hits, three runs, two of those were earned, four Ks. Thought they were really strong offensively early on in the game. That first inning, uh, you know, they were able to get two runs on the board and put some pressure on. And that was thanks to Hernandez. That was thanks to Soto. Um, Bell and Franco contributing as well. Michael Franco is a guy that we have to start with here. Well, we'll get to Josh Bell. I know there's a lot of Josh Bell buzz, as there should be, but Franco is a guy that's really interesting because his position with the team is not entrenched. Bell is your first baseman. We know that. Michael Franco has taken a position, not from Carter Keboom, but because Carter Keboom is injured and got off to a start that looked like old Michael Franco. He was 0 for his first 12 on the season and then gets a hit in his final at bats against the Mets. And so I can use that point, what one for 13 and then just goes on a terrific run after that, where he's been really tearing the cover off the ball. I mean, I think at one point today he was nine for his last uh, nine for his last 13, but really has just been effective offensively. I'll do the quick math in my head here. Five, seven, nine, and then eight plus, uh, let's see, eight plus six. Yeah, so he was nine. He's nine for his last 14 right now is Michael Franco. And uh, had a five RBI game in the series opener and included a home run. And I'm wondering, is this the guy we're going to see? Is it going to be one good week, one bad week? Or can he find a balance? Because I think there are some questions about when Carter Keboom does eventually come back. Who ends up being the odd man out in the infield? And I think Franco, while, you know, I mean, unless he just keeps hitting this clip, which is, you know, or semi this clip, which is really difficult to do, I think you have to give Keboom that shot just because of what you've invested in Carter Keboom. But I think Franco's got a great opportunity to stake his claim to a secondary role, off the bench type bat, pinch hitting situations. I know you don't have as many of those now with the designated hitter, but I, I think he's going to give himself some opportunities you know, if, if in certain matchups they want to switch it up 
and you know give yourself uh, a, a certain option uh, from the right side of the plate. And once again, not sure how long he can keep this stretch going, but the Nationals' back part of the lineup does need help, and hopefully he can bring that. So love the way he's been aggressive, love the way he's been confident, but it's come and gone. Let's see what he can do if he can continue that. Once again, very early, small sample size, seven games into this thing. But it's it was you know ice cold. Now it's red hot. Great to see it help them win the series. Long term, what does that look like? And once again, I think it's positive that if he plays well, either A, he maintains that position, but I think the best thing possible is that he plays pretty well and ends up giving Carter Keboom a bar that he has to reach, right? Give Carter Keboom an opportunity, you know, to say, all right, this, you know, this we got a guy who's actually playing pretty well at this third base, but this is your spot. Um, you know, he's a, you know, he's a guy we just brought in off, off the street. You are a valued, you know, commodity with this team. We got to see what you got, go out there and make it happen. I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Hope Franco can maintain the good play so we can see some of that offensively. Also Josh Bell, man, a hit in every single game so far this season if he keeps playing like this, he's going to make the Nationals wish they got that extension done sooner than later. Once again, small sample size, but I think this guy, from a leadership standpoint, from a stability standpoint, from a team that we really just don't know what's going to happen, a guy that's going to be semi-affordable at least in the in, uh, in this short you know, in this period right now, I think this is the guy they need to lock up for two, three, maybe four years, whatever it takes. Um, you know, low strikeouts this year, 16 total bases, two home runs, six runs driven in. He's worked three walks as well. 346 hitting, 433 on base, and a 1.049 OPS. Josh Bell's getting it done right now for the Washington Nationals, and they've needed that because, you know, Cruz has not been off to a necessarily strong start. Uh, K-Bear Ruiz has, but obviously as a catcher, you know, you could DH him, but that's Cruz's spot. So you're not going to see him in the lineup all the time. And so this is important for Josh Bell to be a part of that front part of the lineup. Howard, you're still killing me. You got to make sure we stay hydrated in this time to keep the voice effective uh, and, and rolling for you folks out there. But yeah, you see Josh Bell and doing it from both sides of the plate as well. So it's exciting to see Josh Bell off to a start that resembles the guy that we saw, uh, you know, Bell B. Back, uh, you know, really when he had his best season in 2019. And then at the end of last year, Josh Bell was really strong. The The first part of the year was a difficult start for Bell, but he really came around, drove in 88 runs, hit 27 homers. And I think he's been the best offensive player so far of the Nationals this year. Let's hit one Soto real quick. Uh, yesterday, great accomplishment. He ends up hitting home run number 100 and there's been a lot of uh, hyperbole about this about what uh, home run number 100 means uh for Juan Soto and I'm trying to find what the uh the significance is so youngest player in Nationals history to hit his 100th career home run he beats Bryce Har- Bryce Bryce Harper by 9 days i think it puts him near the top 10 all time or somewhere in that neighborhood um but you know like great moment for, for Juan Soto, just kind of a reminder 
of how good he is in a losing effort. You know, it was it was a, it was a good thing to see. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of a one just a one positive note in what was a pretty dark game all the way around. We'll get to more of that in a second. But Soto's, you know, this season has not been like this dynamite, amazing, incredible start. But he's off to kind of the start that we all thought we'd see him, you know, have. He's he has been solid right now. He's seven for twenty-five. He's hit he's hit two home runs. He's walked five times. He's got a four hundred on base percentage. So I mean, he's just kind of being the one Soto we normally know. And I think as he grows into this year, his level of play will only improve. Uh, and it's it's what we've come to expect from him as well, too. And uh, just want to say generally on the first day of this series, that, that Nats, that Nats game of uh, the 11 run game. That was great to see just them build off a win the previous day and excuse me, really get that offense going. Uh, that was a great day to see the line moving, you know, Hernandez two hit game. Uh, Soto was one for four, but had two walks. Nelson Cruz goes one for four in that game. Josh Bell was two for five. You saw Yadiel Hernandez rack up a pair of hits uh, you saw Lane Thomas get on the action. You saw Michael Franco with the four hit game. And the big question for the Nats is, can that back part of the lineup deliver more offense for them? Escobar has not been off to a good start. Uh, Lane Thomas, not off to a great start. Robles off to a horrible start. These are the guys that are populating the back of the lineup right now for the Nationals. And frankly, they just need to hit better. All right. They just have to. Uh, consistently. That was the one problem throughout the weekend. Now, you know, some offense last night, but it was kind of inconsequential. And then once again, mentioning this sustained offense, they got an insurance run in the, uh, the sixth, but the seventh, eighth and ninth, the nationals were really never in any position. It felt like to add to their lead, which I felt like is something that down the line, you know, if they want to win ball games this year and surprise a lot of folks, they're going to have to add that. They're going to have to be an offense that keeps threatening throughout the game and uh, is able to hold up there. And because on the whole this year, so far, once again, seven games, they have not uh, one. And now the next thing I have to get to, let's get to the one positive note in the pitching side. So Josh Rogers in place of Anibal Sanchez uh, had a really strong outing on the Friday game. Uh, yeah. The Monday, Friday game, Monday game, you know, he ends up going five and a third and allowing one run. And it just reminded me that, Anibal Sanchez is 39, right? 39 years old. And why are you giving a guy like that who we, you know, we saw get roughed up at times in spring training and he's injured right now. Once again, he's at 39. Why are we giving that guy an opportunity when a guy like Josh Rogers is available? Sure. He's, you know, not a known quantity, but he's young. And so why would you not see what this guy has? He pitched well for you last year, pitched well in this game. I'd prefer to see Rogers in that spot as opposed to Sanchez. Um, and so that he was one of the two strong starts they got this weekend, five and a third, two hits, three Ks, one earned run for Sanchez on the weekend. I just, I, I excuse me, Sanchez for Rogers in that game. I'd like to see more of that. That's where I am with this, with this, uh, the pitching. I want to see young guys get opportunities. I don't want to see John Lester's. I don't want to see Anibal Sanchez's. I want to see, and it's good to have depth. I want to see Josh Rogers. He should have been up to start the year, in my opinion, originally. Now you say, hey, who, who do you bounce? Well, I would not have signed Sanchez in the first place. Then we go to the, really the one the one huge negative, uh, because this is what cost the Nats the second game in this series. Patrick Corbin was horrific, absolutely horrific in the uh, in the 16-4 loss 
the Braves were all over him, uh, you know, and it felt like, hey, all right, Corbin showed some good signs, but they got him in the second inning uh, and he was not able to make it through the third. Two and two thirds, nine hits, six earned runs, just three Ks, 83 pitches, back-to-back starts where he does not make it through five innings. Um, and the rest of the bullpen didn't pitch well either. You know, it's just, a, it's, it's, it's more the same from last year and maybe you can turn it around, but it's one of those games where he was falling behind accounts. Guys are making him pay from, you know, you know, and, and that's the one thing from him is he needs to get ahead. Thought in the beginning of the nationals game, he showed a lot of good stuff getting ahead. We did not see that uh, necessarily manifest itself at all in this game. Like in the first inning, maybe it was decent, but nah, man, this was, this was another difficult start for Corbin. I don't really know what to say at this point. Like I've, I've done the Patrick Corbin struggled episode a million times. And uh, I think the hope for a lot of nationals fans is he can turn this thing around uh, because they need him to right now. And, you know, this team wants to be competitive and they've invested so much money in him. He needs to look somewhat like the guy that they had back in 2019. And he's been nowhere close right now, but I just wanted to add that negative part till the end, but the things we liked gray and Rogers, good outings, you could say, hey, Josiah Gray, not long enough. Well, nurture that right now, and they have to get him deeper into games. Totally agree, but keep working on that. This was a strong start, and it helped them get that win today because the pen was up for the task. Offense looked good at times, need more balance. It's good to see individual guys going, but that back part needs to help out. Maybe some restructuring of the lineup could do them some good, and they need to keep you know putting pressure on late. They're going to go see a Pirates team next, have a preview of that series coming up. So love to see the offense, love seeing Bell, love seeing Franco. Soto's, you know, kind of rounding into form. Took him a little time last year to do the same thing. And, um, you know, pitching a couple good starts. Need more of that moving forward. Need guys to get later in ball games and give them some more quality starts. That's something to watch for as the Nets head to Pittsburgh. Full preview of that series coming up tomorrow on the show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find us wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.